after like three years, like that's like a normal like time that you trade in a boat and change it or trade in a car and get a new car. Right. So it's like when that new model comes out, like, why aren't they texting us? Like we bought two cars from them or we bought three boats from this guy. Like, why isn't he, when that new model comes out, texting us and being like, Hey man, have you seen the new, like, what is it called? The new one, the 26 LSV Malibu that just came out. Like it's the brand new one. Check it out. Like, I know your Malibu is three years old now. Like, is it time to upgrade and get the bigger boat, bigger family? Like, there's none of that. Or like, hey, like, did you see the new Cadillac that came out? Here's all the new features on it. Like, you've had yours for three years now. Have you thought about, you know, upgrading your your Cadillac, right? Like, there's none of that. When yeah. it's like, I bought this car. I bought the same boat. I'm loyal to this brand or the Beamers. Like, we're a Beamer family. We've always had Beamers. And so it's like, why aren't they texting us and hitting us up? We're a best customer, Right. Like when a new model comes out, why aren't we the first to know from our sales guy? Yeah. And, and, and to that point, it's because that's easy money. Welcome to Big Business Mistakes, hosted by Brandon and Kaylin Poulin. Here, the most successful entrepreneurs tell jaw dropping stories and lessons behind their biggest business mistakes so that you don't make them. Ditch the fake highlight reel and get the raw truths and golden lessons of what it actually takes to scale your business from those who have done it. This is Big Business Mistakes. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Big Business Mistakes show. I'm your host, Brandon Poulin. With your wonderful wife, Kaylin Poulin. Wonderful. <laughs> Wonderful is like the most overused adjective possible. I don't know. You know? Wonderful. Amazing, I think is. Guys, today <laughs> we're going to have some fun. Um, I have a toxic trait. Yeah, you do. I'm going to put it in Wait, quotes. Which one are we talking about? Hey, <laughs> settle down now. I have a toxic trait where like every business experience that I have, mm -hmm. I literally deconstruct. With someone else's business. With someone else's, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because mine's perfect. <laughs> Not really. It's good though. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. But like every business that I, that I engage with and buy from, yeah, I'm like improving it in my head, like seeing all the opportunities. Yeah. Like it's tough to go anywhere with you because everywhere we go or like experiences that we have or things that we do, you're like, ah, oh, what they really should be doing is this. And then I'm like, can we just like, but I'm right. <laughs> you know? I know, like I'm right. Yeah. So we hypothetically fix a lot of businesses. In my head. While we're I out to eat, them. when we're spending money, when we go places. Yeah. So that's my toxic trait. And uh, I was like, let's just share some of those. Yeah. Because there's actually some really good lessons on like why I think that way about them. Mm -hmm. And it'll be a little fun to just talk about a bunch of different ones. Yeah. And but also I, like to maybe you're doing this in your business, right? Totally. Or like, like what's the thing that you're missing that you're thinking like your process is good or your system or your customer, customer experience. And it's like, oh, maybe I've overlooked that. So their, mis their mistakes I'll talk about. To their credit, though, I will I'll be like, ooh, that was good. Yeah. Like me and you, when we watch like like a show, we're, usually when we're watching sports, mm -hmm. that's the only time I'll see commercials. Mm -hmm. And we'll be like, ooh, like we'll look at each other and be like, that was good. Like yeah. appealed to emotion, mm -hmm. appealed to my pain. Like, like I got goosebumps. Like we'll always be like, oh, that was a good commercial, mm -hmm. right? But funny side note, before we started – recording we're talking with our producer and we're just like <laughs> laughing and i was like if i was gonna run a fraudulent scheme, we said we were gonna do a podcast episode on prepping because we were just like kind of yeah. talking about like prepping 
Yeah, like prepping. Like doomsday for like, prepping. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, if I was going to run a scheme and if I was a criminal, which I'm not, and this is never, I'm never going to do this, but hopefully I, somebody else doesn't do it after I say it on here. Okay, hear me out. Yeah. Doomsday bunkers, mm -hmm. right? Oh, yeah. Like sell doomsday bunkers. Like mm -hmm. they exist now. Like you can buy them now. Yeah. But like how hard would it, like, how hard would it be to be like, you mean how easy would it be? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, sarcastic to be like, here's this military location or this story about this abandoned silo or bunker or whatever that the government had right in some area. Like we're very vague about where it is. Maybe we tell them the state where it is. Mm -hmm. And then we just have a bunch of photos done up with AI or an editor of like what the doomsday bunkers would be. So if the end of the world happened, you could go to this bunker and then you'd have like a suite and like a condo and like you could fabricate all the pictures. You could fabricate <laughs> the story of it, right? You could, you could do all that easily and then sell this like basically real estate that doesn't exist. And you'd be like, Hey, look, like we can't compromise the location mm -hmm. because if we did, then if we told you where it was, right. Yeah. Then, then you could share that or any of the other buyers would share it and then it'd be compromised and other people would show up there. Yeah. Right. So to protect your investment in your doomsday bunker, we, we can't, can't tell you, you the address. Yes. But we have an automated messaging. If there was ever like a list of these calamities that happened that you would get a text and, and a phone call or an email or whatever. And or you maybe would, snail mail. And you if would it was know doomsday. Yeah. Snail mail. Like we would have like some sort of mechanism for you to know, or we give you like, I don't know what it is. Like we'd have to figure that part out. And then it would be like the only time it would ever matter if the fraud was discovered which the only way it would be discovered is if the scenario ap actually happened. And if it was a doomsday scenario, there'd be no accountability. <laughs> right. Yeah. So we could sell millions of dollars in, in fake real estate as a doomsday prep site. Yeah. I'd like a discount over everybody else. Isn't that so good. Yeah. This is like the hypotheticals that we talk yeah. about when we talk about like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, if I was going to run a fraud Ponzi scheme, this would be it, but I would never do that. <laughs> Oh my god. Hey, anybody need to buy a doomsday bunker? Oh my god. Kaylin was like, you should not tell that story. No. And I'm like, ah, oh, I just did. <laughs> just did. It's it's almost as good as and you remember this, you just you said I was like, mm -hmm. I was like, what was I thinking about? And you were like, the pets. And yeah. guys, there's a there's a service <laughs> where where like Christians, right, believe in the rapture, mm -hmm. which is like Jesus comes back and we all disappear. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's yeah. like part of the narrative. Mm -hmm. Right. And so like what happens to our pets? Yeah. So, so this, this site sells that they're like certified atheists. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know how you get certified. They will, not, they will not be going in the rapture. They will not be going and they will take care of your pet. They will come and get them and they'll take them to a dog farm and <laughs> an yeah, animal farm. They come and get your pets, take them to a farm and take care of them when you're gone. Yeah. I was like, that is amazing. For like 150 and bucks. They've killed it. Yeah. Like anytime there's ever like some crazy theory about the timing and the date or mm -hmm. all that stuff comes out. I'm like, they, they kill it. Like I saw it and was like, huh, this is interesting. Yeah, you paid for it, don't lie. I didn't. I didn't. I'm like, <laughs> I don't Cray. know. My dog will figure it out. <laughs> he, he would. He would. He would uh, figure it out. <laughs> oh my gosh, guys. I love it. This is uh, the conversations that happen behind closed doors. Th yeah, this, I just wanted to give you guys a glimpse. Yeah, we're know? weird us. It's it's not all serious around here. <laughs> with me at least. They're okay, like, Yeah, we know sure. Kaylin's not, but you're you are. No, I'm the serious one. Okay. So so real real talk though, um, let's deconstruct some of the places that I bought from mm -hmm. that I'm like, people have massively failed. Right. Yeah. So one of the, one of the ones that came to mind when I was thinking about this is I bought this electric motorcycle, right. Mm -hmm. From this company. 
Yeah. And it's like an electric dirt bike. Yeah. And I'm, bike I'm not going to say names of companies because I don't want to throw people under the bus, but I'm going to talk about the, the lesson, right? We can learn that. Mm -hmm. So I bought this bike from this electric bike company and it was super cool. It's like a motorcycle, but it's like electric and it looks like a mountain bike, basically. It looks like a mountain bike mixed with a dirt bike. Yeah. Like a little skinny dirt bike. Yeah, basically. And so I paid like, I don't know. $7,000 or something for this thing because mm -hmm. I love electric toys and I'll just play around with them. And it was a blast. So so here's the first thing that happened. I got the shipment, put the thing together. It didn't work. Just <laughs> literally went, like it moved like a snail. I was like, yeah, this can't be it. It's supposed to have like a million horsepower and be super fast or whatever. A million? Excuse me. Yeah, not a million. All right, like 60 We don't exaggerate numbers around no, here. No, you're right. You're right. We don't. So, so I put it together. It doesn't work. They have to, like, I have to un take the thing apart, and then they have to ship me a whole nother crate of a whole nother bike, and I had to some have some company pick up the whole crate. Like, it's like a, it's like a seventy pound bike. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that was the first mistake. I'm like, all right, like they replaced it, whatever. So I use it for like a month, and I loved it. It was super fun, like amazing, amazing product, really cool. And I referred like three people to them. This is like, this is like. This is expensive toy. Yeah. Right. $7,000. So like $20,000 or something in referrals to them. Mm -hmm. And I moved um, from Albuquerque to Austin. And when I put it back together in Austin, it didn't work. And I did all these tests on the phone with their guys. By the way, it took me like five emails to like get someone to help me. Yeah. You're like, I just need a guy like on a Zoom call that can like. Yeah. So finally, like I get the, the tech guy there to FaceTime with me and we do all the tests and it doesn't work. And they're like, it's the battery. Mm -hmm. And I was like, cool, just send me a new battery. Like I've had this thing like a year and send me a new battery. They're like, no, no, no. It's, it's $3,500 for a new battery. You have to buy a new battery. And I'm like, what do you mean? Mm -hmm. I'm like, I've, I've, I'm pretty sure the warranty was like two years or something. I was inside the period. They were like, oh, well you didn't take care of the battery. So so we're not going to replace it. I'm like, wait a second. So I charge it and then I use it and then I charge it. And like, I misuse the battery. It lasts a year and I'm going to have to pay 50% of the value of this thing to replace it. I'm like, that's insane. I was like, I've referred to you guys three people. Like your cost is better than retail on the battery. Like just send me the battery. Yeah. Right. My referrals cover the cost. I'm like, come on. Yeah. Work with me here. Yeah. <laughs> Cause you would have continued to refer. Oh, people, and it was like, know? it was like back and forth. And at one point I was nasty. I was like, I usually go all honey. Mm -hmm. I was like, you guys like, this is literally, you're not standing behind your product. Well, that's where you started for like the first five emails. Yeah. And <laughs> so, so they ended up ghosting me, didn't replace the battery. And I basically had to like sell this thing as a freaking paper. Well, Cause you weight. couldn't ship it back either. Yeah. Because like they said, it's a no, lithium no, no. ion battery. Yeah, that's right. I tried to ship it back to them so that they could their like special battery place could test it. Mm -hmm. They sent me the wrong like shipping label because it was like a special battery. And then like so I went through this whole rigmarole with them for like months to get it fixed. Yeah, and you can't just take it to a UPS. You have to actually take it to like a UPS like huge facility that can handle a lithium ion battery. That's like two hours away. Yeah, so it was like this whole rigmarole terrible experience. And I'm just like, I probably would have bought another one. I probably would have referred more people to them. And it was like within the warranty, 
and they're like claiming that I didn't take care of the battery and didn't replace it. So now I'm like not using anymore, not buying accessories, not referring anyone that didn't buy another one. And I'm left like this horrible taste in my mouth. And so I think the, the lesson with that, with that place is just like understanding the lifetime value of a customer. Mm -hmm. And we had a policy, um, and, and I still have this policy. I've always had this policy in business is that let's just do what it takes to make the customer whole. Mm -hmm. Right. And it can be different for every person. Yeah. Let's just make the customer whole. So when you want to hear like customer service policy, it's like, let's make the customer whole. And what, what, what does whole mean? Like they walk away with a good taste in their mouth. Mm -hmm. They're not like, now I'm going to go post on all the negative review sites. Like I could have like, if I was, if I was like devious, like I could have ran like PPC campaigns against them. Mm -hmm. I could have like written and sent an AG letter, mm -hmm. BBB. Like I know all of the stuff to do to make their life miserable in that way. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to spend my time doing that because I don't care enough. But, but the, the point I'm making is the net result for them was absolutely negative in terms of their profit because they didn't, they didn't stand behind the product and they didn't make me whole. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, and so when you, when you're looking at customer service, like, should I refund this? Right. Should I offer them something? And so we would have an escalation in our company of like, okay, um, you know, we want to try to solve the real problem first, right? Like, like, let's get to the bottom of the problem. And then we had an escalation. Like we would give a free thing or we would give, a replacement or we would um, just find some way to make them, them whole. extra on top. Yeah. So you, you kind of have an escalation in cost to you, right? Is how I'd look at it. Like how can we make sure the customer feels whole with the least amount of cost to us as possible? And then there was an escalation from there. And so, and so this is where in your customer policies, like, are you trying to make your customers whole or are you just trying to not spend anything? Because you think like, oh, like if we refund them or if we replace something, it's just all cost. But the reality is like, especially factoring lifetime value of the customer, not everyone has all this data, but when you factor in the lifetime value of the customer, you, you, you're probably going to come a lot, come out a lot more ahead in a net net scenario if you made them whole. Mm -hmm. Plus the ripple effect, like everybody when they're upset tells, like I'm sitting here talking about it right now. Yeah. Right. Tells it tells 10 people when they're upset and maybe one if they're happy. And so I want to avoid the negative 10 multiplier, right? And and, and just by replacing something or making them whole. So I think that's huge. So an, another one, um, that one frustrates me like crazy because I was like back and forth with this company. So here, here's another one that's that's more just like opportunity that's missed. Mm -hmm. So so there's a there's a place that we go, it's a surf park. Mm -hmm. And they have like a wave making machine, which by the way is super cool. Yeah, super cool. <laughs> like, and and so it's like being at the ocean, but it's just like a giant pool. And this thing, like, think like at um, like a Six Flags or something. You know that giant wave pool everyone's in. It's kind of like that with timed waves, but it's just one. It's a set of three waves that you can surf, yeah. just like you're in the ocean. Like eight foot, like ocean Huge. waves swells. Like they're this is legit surfing. Like, and the machine can replicate like any wave. And the place is incredible, but it's so disorganized. Yeah. Right. Like so dis like it, it's great. Like you walk in, like so you drive up first of all. You have no idea where to park. Mm -hmm. Like there's no like map online. Yeah. 
There's it's no like signage. It's like their website's awful. It, it's it's like imagine trying to go to to Disney World if there wasn't a map and you didn't know what pass you needed to buy. Yeah, and there was no signs that told you where to park. There's no signs, so you roll up to this place and it's in like a like a ranch in the middle of nowhere. You don't know where to park. You don't know where to walk in. There's no like real signs on the buildings. You like don't know like and then online you have to like book your sessions. But you don't know how the place is laid out. We have kids. I'm like, where are my kids going to go? Mm-hmm. Do I need to go to this pool or that pool? Mm-hmm. Like, is there drinks? Do I need better? Like, not like it's very convoluted. So it's kind of, it's one of those, those products where it's such a great product and it's whole, but they're, they have so much going on and it's so disorganized that you end up, there's so much money that's not spent because you don't even know what's going on. So we walk in and they have like, 17 colors of wristbands that you could buy. Like we were like, Hey, we're at the surf park and we bought a cabana, but like, and we only figured it out because we went there the first time and we did it all wrong. Mm -hmm. We stayed at this place that was super far away. We didn't know, Mm -hmm. right. We didn't know which cabana was at which pool and what day we should spend there. Where are the kids going to hang out? There's like the surf park over here. And then there's like the slides and water park over here. We didn't know we could bring our own drinks. It's like, they don't sell alcohol in, in like certain areas of the park, but they do in other areas. Yeah. It, it's like, it's like you're making your customers work hard to spend money. Mm-hmm. Like how do you remove the friction for your customers to spend money? Yeah. Like, like that's, that, that's the key with this place. And so there's no menu when you walk into like the counter, there's no like, here's the stuff. They have this really terribly like long form written menu online and then when you're in there, you can't even see it. There's no menu. They've got 17 different wristband colors. It took us like 10 minutes to like figure out how much it costs to like go down the lazy river. Yeah. Because right? it's like we bought like spent hundreds of dollars We're on staying surf there. sessions. We're staying there at the hotel, which is another cost. And then we have a cabana for the whole day at the surf park. And then it's And then like, you have to like walk all the way to the office to like buy a pass. Mm-hmm. For the the to go down the lazy river once, yeah, it's like it just doesn't. And make then it any costs sense. us eighty dollars a person to go down the lazy river when we've already bought a cabana. We're staying at the hotel, yeah, and like we have hundreds of dollars, five hundred dollars worth of like wake surf like, times, like surf time, yeah. So so it's like one <laughs> and of you those- have a different band for everything that you're doing. Like there's not like one band that's like here you have access to everything or buy like an all access, whatever, plus the surf sessions. It's like, right. There's a different band for every color. And there's some people there wearing like six different color bands because you have to have one band for one specific. And activity. I'm like, how do the employees even know? And I'm like, I don't even think they do. They don't. So <laughs> they couldn't even explain it to us. So the, the, the lesson here is there's so much opportunity for this company, but they're, they have too much going on and it's, complexity. and it's not clear to the customer how to utilize the product best. Mm-hmm. And so I've, I've sat down with companies and they're like, okay, so like we have three different tiers of our coaching program, but really they're just three tiers of contracts, they're contract links. Mm-hmm. And then we've got this other program over here. That's kind of the same thing, but it costs less, but it doesn't have this. And then over here, it's like, there's, there's so much complexity there's not a clear path for a customer to follow to be like, I want that. And then what do I do after I do that? I do this. Mm-hmm. And so, so if, if you're, if you're at a place where you sell a lot, you have a lot of SKUs, you've got a lot of different programs that are similar. Like 
where are your opportunities to streamline and simplify, simplify. Um, and if you can't simplify because it's just, there's a lot going on, like this park has uh, like a slide pool. Mm -hmm. It's got like a river. It's got a surf pool. It's, it's got, got a surf session. It's got a cable park. It's got a cable park pool. Like if you can't simplify and you have a lot of offerings, how can you visually make it clear to people? Like, here's the layout. Here's the different things you do here. Here's it. Like, how can you package things so they make sense? And you're not nickel and diming customers the whole way yeah, and ruining the experience, mm -hmm. right? Because now it's like- That's basically what it became. Like the experience yeah. was ruined at that moment of trying to just like get a pass for the lazy river for the, you know, six of us to go on. It was like so hard and difficult to do that. I'm like, I just don't, I don't want to do it no more. Yeah. You know, and it wasn't the 80 bucks. It was just like, why does this have to be so complicated? And so where, where are the opportunities to eliminate friction simplify and clarify, mm -hmm. right? It's it, like, that's it. Like there's, there's not a whole lot more to say in this example. Oh, and one thing, one thing that they don't do is they've got all these cabanas and all these people laying around, right? And there's no service. You have to walk. It's like a quarter mile. <laughs> like I'm, I'm talking, I'm talking it's like- It's a quarter mile. It's at least one 50, track. 50 yards. No, maybe, it's a football field. Maybe a little more. It's a football field at least. To get- to like a bar to like order something. Yeah. I'm like even just water and it's hot. Like it's hot. <laughs> You're like trying to relax and yeah. you got to walk like, Hey, like I'm not like, I'll walk, like I'll, I'll put it in. I'm not lazy, but I'm just like when I'm when I'm on vacation or I'm like enjoying something, like I don't want to walk. Or how like much money would they yards. make if they just added like one person that's just, they had one person orders. walked around and took drink orders mm -hmm. and brought them to you. And I know they have in like the cabana that you're paying for, which normally you have this type of service when right. you buy a cabana, that's why you get a cabana. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. So, so I think it's like, what are you not selling? Like, like, what are you not selling or what are you not offering to your customers in a way that's convenient to them that they would buy? Cause mm -hmm. people want to buy, mm -hmm. people want to buy. And I'm like, I don't know if they're afraid to sell. They can't get the staff. They've never thought about it. It's probably a combination but it's like they're, they could probably 50% increase the value of a customer there 50% if they would do that mm -hmm. instead of making it hard to spend money. Yeah. Like when you go to, when you go to Disney world, mm -hmm. right, they give you a wristband, they tie your credit card to it and you freaking buy everything with your wristband. Yeah. It doesn't even feel like you're spending money. You're like, boop. No, it's, that's boop, what they call it. The magic band. Boop. You just magically spend yeah. money. Because they know. We got to remove friction yeah. from the selling process. We don't how, want them to whip out their credit card every time they go to buy something. They're going to be thinking about how much they're spending. Yeah. But if I just go boop with my little thing, and, I'm buying it all. And they have data mm -hmm. on every customer. They have your card tied on file. Mm -hmm. They have your data to your account. And so you love it because you're like, oh, I don't have to carry all these credit cards. They love it because it feels like you're not even spending money. And so they understand removing the friction. They understand making it, it's simple for you to buy. They have a map, right? You can hire a tour to take you around the park because it's complicated. There's a lot going on, right? And like people want to buy and they want to spend money to have a great experience. And so where, where are you shorting your customers the opportunity to spend more money and have a better experience with you? Like, where is that opportunity? Or where are you overcomplicating things for your customers where they don't understand the clear path 
right. to spend money? What so is good. the path of the journey of the customer? And is it laid out in an easy, simple way that they can understand like, okay, this is what I do first. This is what I do second. This is what I do third. Yep. So, so there's the next one that I thought about when I was, I was thinking about this topic of like trying to my toxic trait mm-hmm. and, and it, you're going to, this will be interesting because you were a server at a restaurant, right? Yeah, I was a waitress for a long yeah. time. So, so here's my, and I shout out to all this my- This is something I told you, by the way. What? <laughs> this one that you're going to say. Oh, you like, don't even know what I'm going to say. Yeah, I do. What am I going to say? You're going to talk about how servers will come to the table and interrupt you four times. Oh, you read my notes. Okay. <laughs> all right. She read my notes. You yeah, cheated. I did. Um, so uh, uh, shout out to all the servers out there. Here's my thoughts on this. I, I go out to eat a lot of restaurants mm-hmm. and there's things that good servers do and don't do. And this isn't really a business, but I think it, I, I think that it applies. When it comes to serving your customers, I think yeah. that's where it makes sense. For so, sure. so I can't, what I can't stand is like when I go to a, a restaurant, like I, typically I'm engaged in a conversation, mm-hmm. right? Some people it's like, you know, like a couple will go out and like, they just kind of sit there and like, it's kind of weird sometimes. You ever see like couples and they just like sit there and they don't really talk to each other? Yeah. Like you kind of wonder, you know, mm-hmm. um, anyway, so, <laughs> so when they come by every four minutes yeah. and they interrupt you for something that's not even necessary, Are I'm you like, guys good? Get, everything okay? Is everything good? I'm like, yeah, it was good three minutes ago and it's good now, you know? And then like full on interrupt, like a deep conversation. Mm-hmm. I can't stand that, you know? And so when you're thinking about, when you're thinking about fulfillment, and you're talking like, how much should we email our customer? How much should we reach out to them? I think most companies under reach out and follow up. So that's usually not their problem. But in this instance, it was like constant, right? And like, that drives me crazy. The other thing that drives me crazy is the whole like bait and switch type of concept where I've had, where they don't tell you. So on the first receipt you get from a restaurant, it says that the gratuity is included, but no one ever looks at the first receipt usually. They right. look at the second one after you give them your credit card and they bring it back. This just happened to us what, yeah. last week. Yeah. And and so it happened twice. So first receipt comes. I didn't know the, the gratuity was automatically added. You put your card in if you don't read that part and then you send it back and then you get the the, sign, the signature receipt back and it doesn't say it on there. It just le- says leave a tip. Mm-hmm. Right. And then I go back to the same place and I see that and I'm like, it's like they're pulling one over your eyes. So what happened was on the receipt, it says gratuity included. And then like in a small line under the list of items that were purchased. So right under that, that item breakdown, it said gratuity included. And then at the bottom of that same exact receipt, it had all the tips to add. Like here's 15%, 20%, 25%. Here's what it is. Um, and so then it makes it look like gratuity is not, not included. Yeah. So I hate that bait and switch. Like, I think that just like totally rubs me the wrong way. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I, I can't stand when, when restaurants do that. And by the way, like in the digital world, like if you are not clear to your customers when you get them on subscriptions mm-hmm. or that they're making a purchase behavior, like that's a huge red flag for someone, for a, a plaintiff attorney mm-hmm. to come after you right? Because, because you've left yourself exposed and you've misled people. And then guys, it's going to end up becoming a chargeback later anyways. So it needs to be clear to people when they're spending money. And this is like my lawyer hat going on right now, but it has to be clear to people when they're spending money. And I think you just, you lose, um, you lose loyalty, you lose trust. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. 
Exactly. Um, what, one of the other ones that came to mind is, and this isn't like a specific scenario, but I see this all the time. So like I recently bought a sauna, mm -hmm. right? Yep. Like pretty good purchase. A big, like, like a custom made sauna. Yeah, like yeah. a five figure purchase and then a cold plunge. Mm -hmm. Right. And a red light booth, red light booth, mm -hmm. vehicles, mm -hmm. right? Not one time have I gotten a phone call from any of those companies saying, hey, Brandon, thanks for spending over $10,000 with us, right? Yeah. I'm not trying to sound like a, an a-hole here, but what I'm trying to say is like, not one time did any of them call and say, hey, thanks for spending 10 grand with us. Did you get everything set up all right? Did you have any questions? Oh, hey, by the way, we're running a referral promotion. Is there anybody else that you think could benefit from this product as much as you are? Right. And like, look, I don't answer my phone. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I'd get the voicemail. I'm gonna be honest. Yeah. But like, but you get the voicemail, but the, but I get the or voicemail the email. and I'd be like, dang, I've showed everybody that's come to my house. I'm like so excited to show them. I'm like, check out my biohacking stuff. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. But not one time has any of those companies ever reached out and been like, Hey, we have a referral program or Hey, did you get it all set up? Right. Right. And guys, I'm not talking about like, if you sell something, that's like a hundred bucks. That's not what I'm saying, but I'm talking a five figure purchase. Mm -hmm. Not one time has someone followed up with me for any, like find out if I liked it, find out how it was. Ask me a survey. Like, would you like, would you not like try to upsell me? Yeah. I'm like, you got an upgrade or something? Did you come out with something new? You know, do you have a maintenance plan? Like a warranty? Yeah, I think Not I think once. the the miss on this is like the loyalty that it builds, yeah. right? Like even it's just that that phone call that's just like, hey, like thank you for buying from us. Are there any questions that you have? Like not even referral, anything like for your business per se, but just like, hey, like thanks for purchasing with us. Like, did everything get set up okay? Like you know, blah blah. You know, everything came in good. Like what your experience? Like thank you you know, more of like a celebratory call and like a relationship building call than anything, because then it's like, oh, the next time that like, that would make me want to refer that to people, 100%. right? Like that experience. But yeah. because that's never done, it's like, oh, the next time you buy a sauna, you get it from anywhere or the, a cold plunge, you get it from anywhere because you don't have a good experience. Like there's no loyalty or trust. Yeah, built the experience with the brand. is fine, but there's no loyalty. Right. Yeah. So I just, I just think that's a huge missed opportunity. So if you sell something expensive, I'm like, I've bought in two vehicles from this dealership and not once have I gotten a follow-up call being like, Hey, how's it going? Like it's, yeah. is it time to get it to upgrade? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like the lack of follow-up in high ticket purchases is mind boggling. Well, I think me. the reason most people do it and we did this, this is one of the mistakes that we made early on in business ourselves was, well, if we don't, if we don't contact them, if we don't communicate with them, then we won't like, we won't be at the top of our mind when like, if something's wrong, then we'll have to deal with it. Right. If I call them, they're not going to cancel their subscription right. or they're not going to refund. Exactly. They're not going to refund. They're not going to like dumb. lay into me about like they didn't get it or it wasn't good enough or it wasn't whatever. So if we just don't call and we just like ignore the customer, then we won't get any of that. Yeah. Right? Which is insane. But I remember thinking that, yeah. but the reality is you want to know what's wrong. Yes. Because then you can fix it for the next well, that's person. That's maturing in business. Yeah. You, you want know? to know what's wrong. Like you want the person yelling on the phone, what they're mad about mm -hmm. so that you can write it down and give that feedback loop back to the team so that they can fix it in the future. Right. Like that's, that's piggybacking off of our last episode 
about improving the product, mm -hmm. right? Is your product good enough? And so it just, it just blows my mind, the lack of follow-up, referral, upsell. And, and these aren't, guys, we did, this, we did this with a $150 cart online. We would call and, and then sell a $1,000 cart on mm -hmm. the phone. Of the same thing. Of the same thing, right? And, and, and people loved it. They, they loved the follow-up. They loved, people love buying. And so you've got someone who has such massive, massive LTV, lifetime value potential, but there's all you're doing is sending an email. Yeah. I'm like, put somebody on the phone. Yeah. Another good example of this is just like in the follow-up, it's like, you know, with the boat or with the car after like three years, like that's like a normal like time that you trade in a boat and change it or trade in a car and get a new car. Right. So it's like when that new model comes out, like, why aren't they texting us? Like we bought two cars from them or we bought three boats from this guy. Like, why isn't he, when that new model comes out, texting us and being like, Hey man, have you seen the new, like, what is it called? The new one, the 26 LSV Malibu that just came out. Like it's the brand new one. Check it out. Like I know your Malibu is three years old now. Like is it time to upgrade and get the bigger boat, bigger family? Like there's none of that. Or like, hey, like, did you see the new Cadillac that came out? Here's all the new features on it. Like you've had yours for three years now. Have you thought about, you know, upgrading your your Cadillac, right? Like there's none of that. When yeah. it's like, I've bought this car. I bought the same boat. I'm loyal to this brand or the Beamers. Like we're a Beamer family. We've always had Beamers. And so it's like, why aren't they texting us and hitting us up? We're a best customer, Right. Like when a new model comes out, why aren't we the first to know from our sales guy? Yeah. And, and, and to that point, it's because that's easy money. Yeah, for sure. And so <laughs> to, to that point, like I even went into a dealership, told the guy I was in the market, for he knew I was good for it. Yeah. And, and I, I could not get him to give me numbers. Yeah. It took me four weeks for him to send me numbers. Yeah. You're like, build this boat out for me. Like, give every upgrade yeah. with everything on it. I was like, I just, I, I want all be. the numbers so I can do it. And yeah. he didn't send me numbers. And, and we're like four weeks later. Mm -hmm. and, and so you had to text him and be like, Hey man, where's like my build out. Yeah. And so my, my, <laughs> my point here is that like, do you have follow up in your sales process? Mm -hmm. Right. It's like, we're always like new customer, new customer, new customer. And like, yes, we need to do that. But like, what about the old customer? Yeah. Right. It's That's already so bought. much cheaper to make a phone call and upsell a current customer that already knows you, already knows what you have, already has equity with you, trust with you. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think there's a lot of missed opportunity there, especially with big ticket, if you sell something that's expensive. Mm -hmm. and, and, so, and so like, why are we making it hard for people to spend money? I think that's a thesis here, like pulling this all together. It's like, how do we remove friction and make it easy for people to spend m money with us because they want to buy, right? And how do we follow up with them in the way that even years later, right? And this is just like, it's short-term thinking, right? It's like, oh, we sent an email. It's mm -hmm. like, guys, the email list is great, but like your open rate's 20%, maybe, you know, if you're good, right? Maybe it's 30%, right? But that's that's it. What about the phone numbers, right? Yeah. What, what about the follow-up? So I, I think that there's just so much opportunity. Well, I think there. A, a lot too. Like the, the thought that just came to mind for me is we always talk about like customer loyalty, right? Like like loyal customers. But are you loyal to your customer, right? Are you loyal to the customer? It's like we want to try to get new people in through the front door all the time that we forget about the people that have already spent money with us, right? Our best customers that have been spending money with us over time for a long time, 
it's like we kind of just put them over there. Like, oh, yeah, they're going to just do it anyway and let's not focus on them. Like, we're not loyal to the customer. And so if you become loyal to the customer making their experience, like now that they're in, like you have to be just as obsessed with that experience that you're giving to those customers as you are of trying to get new people in through the front door. And that's ascension. Yeah. Retention mm-hmm. and upsell. Yeah. Right. Cause they want to buy. Mm-hmm. So that's the rant today, guys. That's <laughs> the rant. You got a, you got my scheme in the beginning we opened up with that I'm never going to do. And, uh, <laughs> and then we got some, some rants. So this actually felt good. I this felt freeing, like just getting it off my chest. I'm like, I'm going to have to do, I'm going to have to like, now, now that I've, I've done this episode, I'm going to be writing these down in my phone all the time. Yeah. And oh I, there will be more to come if you guys Cause legit, enjoy it's the show everywhere today. we go. <laughs> Yeah, it's my toxic trait. What can I say? (laughs) Guys, thank you so much for being with us today. Drop a review. Let us know what your favorite one of these. Actually, drop a review or just DM us. Send either of us a DM and and tell tell us a business that you've been in where you've been like, oh, they need to do this, this, and this, and it would be so much better. I'd love to hear that. That's super fun. I love <laughs> I love that game and thinking about that. Yeah, it's, easy, to- <laughs> it's easy when it's not your business. Yeah, though, exactly. That's right? what I was going to say. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much for being with us today. We'll see you next time.